You're now listening to the Live Different Podcast with Matt Wilson. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Live Different Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Wilson, and today I'm here with a very special guest, someone who I am thrilled to have on today. He is an MVP, a finals champion, a three-time college champion, a U.S. Global Cultural Ambassador, recipient of a Presidential Medal of Freedom from President Obama, and the author of the new book, and several other ones, Becoming Kareem, Growing Up on and Off the Court. Mr. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, welcome. Well, thank you very much. Nice to be with you. Absolutely. Thank you. Uh, thank you for coming on. I'm, uh, I'm really excited to have you and to really do my best to be able to contribute to your mission of helping the world's young people. So let's get into it. Uh, I know you played for one of the greatest coaches of all time. And my question for you is, how can young people, no matter if they're 5 or 10 years old or 25 or 30 years old, how can these young people go about finding great mentors and coaches? I think that uh, the, the best way to, to find the people that you want to learn from is to uh, be careful about what you're studying. So if you want to know, let's say you want to know about uh, plumbing, uh, you start reading about it. And uh, the more knowledge you acquire through reading and, and doing background uh, analysis of the things that you want to know, uh, the closer you will get to finding the people that can teach you uh, an even deeper knowledge of uh, whatever it is that you're trying to, to learn about. Okay, excellent. So if you're going about uh, studying and you are reading up on, on whether it's plumbing or basketball or whatever in the world that young people want to pursue, what, what's the logical next step? So, okay, then you start to surround yourself and then do you just ask for help? Uh, you know, you've had a lot of people that have helped you along the way and, and some very interesting ones. So how did you start to establish rapport with, with, I mean, you had John, anybody from John Wooden to Muhammad Ali and Jackie Chan as uh, people in your life. I mean, it's pretty incredible. H how did you just start uh, establishing that rapport? I think uh, just in seeking knowledge, you, you put yourself in an environment where um, the people who know about the things you want to know, uh, you end up finding out who they are and, uh, going to hear them speak or uh, picking up uh, an article here and there that they've written. I think that that's, that's how it begins, and uh, you just get deeper and deeper into it. Great, great. Well, uh, I know that you're an avid writer. I believe for uh, the Washington Post I had read some of your stuff. So, uh, yeah, thank you for your, your contributions. And I wanted to ask you uh, if you wouldn't mind sharing a lesson from – uh, someone who you played college basketball for, uh, Mr. John Wooden. Jeez, I, I think Coach Wooden's uh, um, real emphasis for, for all of us was preparation. Um, he wanted us to understand what our goals were and then learn how to uh, achieve those goals as a group. You know, it's one thing when you have a great individual talent and things come easy for you. But, you know, basketball is a team sport, and uh, no one guy can do it all by himself. 
So uh, the fact that Coach Wooden understood that and tried to teach us uh, how to do things as a group and how to cooperate in a way that uh, ended up with success, I, I think that's where his genius was. He, he had that down, and uh, he was able to uh, impart that knowledge in a meaningful way that we could understand. That's that's amazing, and I know you've written a whole uh, book on the subject, Coach Wooden and me, our 50-year friendship on and off the court. Uh, so, yeah, I'm, uh, I highly recommend anybody who wants to learn more about these types of lessons with teamwork. I know there were a lot here in Becoming Kareem, but also in your, in your book, uh, they're specifically about your relationship with, uh, with Coach Wooden. I wanted to ask you also about uh, another amazing figure in your life uh, and, and one of your contemporaries, Muhammad Ali. How did you come to know Muhammad? And, uh, you know, you guys have had quite a lot in common. I, I'd love if you could explain a little bit about your relationship. Well, you know, I, I first met uh, Muhammad when I was going to UCLA. Um, I just happened to see him. I, I was with some friends on Hollywood Boulevard. And he was standing out on Hollywood Boulevard doing magic tricks for anybody who come by. <laughs> wow. He's just standing out there. Muhammad Ali. He was just standing on Hollywood Boulevard doing magic tricks. And I, I recognized him immediately. So I stopped and just watched him, you know. And uh, you know, I was over to the side. And people would say, hey, this is Muhammad Ali. And they'd stop and he'd, uh, he'd uh, do magic tricks and, and tell jokes and everything. And I, I thought that was pretty amazing. And then uh, immediately, uh, maybe like two or three weeks later, I was invited to a party where he was. There was a whole lot of uh, prominent athletes at this party. And uh, that's when I, you know, really had a, a moment to, to stop and talk to him and, uh, you know, strike up a friendship. Uh, that was in uh, 1967. And, uh, you know, we were, we were friends uh, from that moment in, until, uh, until he passed away. Incredible, incredible. Uh, could, could you speak a little bit more about um, how, you know, both of you, for, for and many people listening probably know this already, but had converted to Islam, uh, changed your names, and come, came out as very prominent sports figures in, in doing such, and it was something that you, you both really believe in, and, uh, you know, it was a, a spiritual path for, for both of you, and I was wondering if you could explain a little bit more about that and uh, really your reason for, for doing so, because it's, I feel like Islam is something that's so misunderstood in today's world, especially in America. And I'd love if you could sh uh, cast some light on that because you've been such an influential figure uh, in, this, in this realm. Well, you know, you're asking me uh, what it means to convert to Islam. I want to make sure I get you. Sure. So uh, if you could explain a little bit more about your decision for people who, uh, who oh, might okay. not be familiar with your story, because, you know, people were taken back as as you kind of explained in your book. And uh, some people were just shocked. And, you, you know, you talk about sitting on the bus at, at UCLA and having these conversations and Coach yeah. Wood listening in and sometimes participating. It's just, it was just a fascinating story. And because Islam is so misunderstood, I'd love if you could talk a little bit more about your decision and, uh, yeah, and yeah. what you, yeah, please well, go ahead. Basically what it has to do with, uh, Muslims 
uh, worship the same God that Abraham worshipped. We worship the same God that Moses worshipped. We worship the same God that David worshipped, okay? Uh, the God of Abraham, that's who Muslims uh, worship. The Prophet Muhammad was just a prophet who explained uh, revelations that he received uh, to those who, who would listen. That is basically what Islam is all about. Uh, we, we follow the same tradition, uh, what you call the Judeo-Christian tradition. It, it is monotheism. We believe there is only one supreme being. Uh, the problem, uh, I think, developed back uh, before the Middle Ages uh, when uh, people could not understand uh, the mission of the Prophet Muhammad and uh, it got distorted and there's been conflict ever since then. Uh, the Crusades being the uh, most extreme example of, of that conflict. But uh, Muslims uh, worship uh, the same God as Abraham and uh, that that is uh, what it's all about. Uh, Islam means uh, submitting to God's will. Sure. And, and then uh, would you mind sharing a little bit why you personally decided, you know, you were as Luel Cinder, you were raised Catholic, so well, I'd love if you could talk a little bit about that and your decision to convert. Mm -hmm. My decision uh, was based on what I learned about in college, uh, the fact that uh, I was raised Catholic, and the Catholic Church had a very close relationship with the slave trade. And being a black American and having uh, that history uh, as, as part of my legacy, uh, this is problematic for me. I wanted to know what that was all about. And so when I found out uh, some of the some of the things that were done by the Catholic Church uh, to promote and expand uh, slavery, uh, it, it really made it difficult for me to to belong to that church. And in Islam, I found uh, the same basic tenets uh, of monotheism that uh, you know I was raised to believe in, but uh, it, it was something more that that I could relate to. Uh, the Prophet Muhammad always spoke out against slavery and uh, mentioned uh, often how uh, people could achieve their salvation by freeing slaves. This uh, is very meaningful for somebody with a history and uh, background like black Americans have uh, with regard to that issue. Sure. No, I can I can totally Im imagine. And uh, instantly did you just connect with Muhammad Ali as uh, with this with this in common? Would you say? Well, you know, I I was a fan of Muhammad Ali, uh, having nothing to do with religion. I, you know, j just he was the guy that uh, was out there making fun of Sonny Liston and getting away with it. You know, we, I had to love him. You know, just as a, a as a boxing fan, someone who appreciated sports and stuff, and uh, uh, Muhammad Ali uh, was, was my man in terms of. Uh, uh, admiration for him as as an athlete and he also tried to speak up for black americans you know at a time when uh, uh, black americans really uh, had had no spokesperson and uh, you know we we were still dealing with with the jim crow reality where uh, so many uh, black americans were denied uh, the right to vote uh, they were de denied the right to ride on a public bus uh, it just crazy stuff uh, you know they had separate uh, water fountains uh, separate uh, t public toilets um the, the uh, attempt to segregate uh, this country really had uh, horrible effects on the black community 
And, uh, you know, Muhammad Ali spoke out against those in a way that all Americans could understand and that black Americans could be proud of. He, he didn't do it in a way that uh, embarrassed us, uh, but he made his point. Sure, that's the, that's really incredible. And, and do you think that influenced you, uh, of course, to, to go on and uh, write the books and and show the world that you are, are really a, a scholar uh, and, you know, someone who is educated at UCLA and not just, uh, forgive me for saying, but a jock, you know, the, the typical stereotype. Uh, and, and did that, so did your relationship with Muhammad Ali then... Uh, give you confidence maybe to go out and be able to speak out about the things that you really believed in? Well, you know, the fact that Muhammad Ali set an example is something that uh, encouraged a whole lot of uh, athletes of, of my era, you know. But I would have done that anyway, you know, just on my own. But it was great to have someone like Muhammad Ali who had the, the uh, talent and charisma uh, to, uh, to lead and you know the fact that he was willing to uh, to to sacrifice his his own career at times to uh, to promote the acceptance of uh, Black Americans fully participating in uh, our, our democracy. This was a uh, this was a step forward that that all Black Americans uh, really appreciated. That's that's great, and I, I know you've been vocal recently in a lot of uh, your writing and in some of these major publications that I listed before uh, about athletes speaking out about the things that they care about, uh, about civil rights, about really anything that they feel uh, strongly enough and, and really anybody listening can go out and start a podcast or have their Twitter account or, uh, you know, promote just to their own circle of friends on, on Facebook uh, and express what they believe in and try to make great change, especially, you know, bring it back to the to the young people who we're, we're talking to out, out there today. So uh, I'm curious what your opinion is on uh, how people can can more carefully craft their word and you know athletes sure athletes can speak out uh, but my my question for you is should everyone be speaking out or should just the the should it just be the few who uh, have something really important to say uh, because everybody has a voice these days I'm curious what your opinion on that is Kareem well I, I think everybody has to uh decide as an individual what they want to do some people are comfortable getting out in front and being very vocal and confronting things head-on and other people might want to uh, stay in the background you know but uh, everybody should do what they can what they feel comfortable doing uh, and realize that uh, it's a group effort it's not on an individual but every individual is is uh, is needed you know we, we want every individual to, uh, to support uh, the, the push for uh, greater human rights and greater responsibility on, on part of the government to, uh, to uphold our, our, our rights. Sure, that's, that's fantastic. And, and of course, thank you for the work that, uh, that you've done in the past uh, and, and are currently doing, of course, as, you, uh, as we have this conversation today. Kareem, I wanted to ask you about your relationship with someone uh, very influential, uh, Bruce Lee. And I know that 
uh, of course, Mr. Lee said, think lightly of yourself and deeply of the world. So my question for you is, what did he mean by that? And what can young people learn? Well, I, I think that uh, what he, he was talking about was, you know, a, we come into this world uh, and we don't know very much. So we have to have the humility to understand that uh, there's a lot out there that we don't understand and don't know about and, you know, have the uh, humility and determination to find those things out. So, you know, think lightly of yourself and uh, appreciate the fact that the world has a lot to give to you in terms of knowledge and experience. And uh, you can't have a, a, a successful life until uh, those are issues that, that you grasp and, and uh, adhere to. Excellent, excellent. And uh, if you don't mind me asking, where did you learn that humility? Um, well, you know, life teaches you humility. You know, you can go out there and uh, fail a few times. Uh, that'll make you humble real quick. Uh, and that'll make you appreciate the, the things that you see where people have uh, worked hard to to get things done. And that should uh, have serious impact on you because uh, that's where you want to get to be. Sure, that, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, so, so in that same mindset, your book is about self-discovery and your own journey as a human being. So how can young people go about discovering who they really are? <laughs> That's uh, they have to just live their lives, you know. That it's nothing really that you have to consciously do. Just waking up every day and trying to uh, go about getting through the day in a, in a wise and uh, uh, direct fashion. That's what gets you there. You just gotta live your life and just wake up every day and and just put one foot in front of the other. Is that is that how you become a, a finals champion and a uh, presidential you know earning the presidential medal of freedom tell me can you tell me a little bit more about that uh that isn't it's not something that uh, comes lightly you know it's something that you have to earn it takes hard work to achieve anything that's uh, that's the way that that works is there's no way of getting around that one sure sure so just uh, you know, wake up every day, put one foot in front of the other, and uh, and work hard. And, and you think young people can can really find out who who they are? Uh, of course they can. You know, if uh, if that was impossible, we wouldn't have any examples of successful people. So it just uh, it can happen to you. It's, there's no way. There's no need to be pessimistic. You know, success is attainable. Great, great. Uh, so, Kareem, if you had one piece of advice for America's young people before we wrap up, what would you say to them? Um, I, you know, I, <laughs> that's really a, a very broad question. I, you know, there's a, a whole lot of things, you know, but. Uh, I think that the most important thing to understand is that knowledge is power. Someone who is informed is uh, taking the right steps to 
to achieving their goals. That's great. Well, hey, Kareem, thank you very much for your time. I really appreciate it. Of course, uh, I really think that anybody out there who wants to listen for more from Kareem, his book is called Becoming Kareem, Growing Up on and Off the Court. I thoroughly enjoyed it in Audible. And uh, Kareem, thank you again for your time. I really appreciate it. Yeah, you're welcome. And, you know, I'll be taking this show on the road uh, in uh, this year, later on this year, starting in September. I, I will be touring the country and uh, doing a, a show talking about uh, my book and uh, the way that I, I, I got to be who I am. So uh, you can check that out on uh, becomingkareem.com. And uh, hopefully we'll be coming to a town near you. Excellent. Sounds good. Becomingkareem.com. We'll link that up in the show notes for everybody to, to check that out. And of course, uh, on social media, we'll, we'll link those up as well. Thanks a lot. You have Th a good one. Thank you, Kareem. Have a great day. Hey, Lift Different Podcast listeners, if you've been listening for a while, you understand how much importance that I place on yoga, meditation, adventure, travel, and being in nature. And I have all of those things set for you guys this April 24th through 30th with none other than former podcast guest and, of course, my girlfriend, Luz Garcia our yoga teacher for under 30 experiences. We are hosting a yoga and mindfulness retreat together. And I would love if you wanted to take the next step in our relationship and come and actually hang out. I promise that I will show you a good time in Costa Rica on this eco lodge eating three organic meals per day that come from the ground there on the farm at the base of the Arenal volcano amazing yoga platform overlooking this beautiful little river uh, it is deep in the rainforest there are all sorts of activities to get you outside of your comfort zone whether it's the zipline canopy tour whether it is uh, hikes through the jungle, horseback riding, uh, kayaking, anything that you guys want to do. This trip is all about you. So if you want to sign up, check us out under30experiences.com. Click Yoga in Costa Rica, and I'd love to see you there.